You might as well just walk up to Cupid while he's on his lunch break, you know, cranking a beat or something, and yeah. punch him right in the face. Punch the little baby right in. <laughs> we'll see that. We're almost uh, three minutes into our sports podcast, and yet to bring up not one sport. <laughs> Alright, welcome in, boys and girls. Episode 100 of the Hot Grits Podcast. I'm Travis Shadon, recording remotely. For a third episode in a row with Spencer Maddox. As always, Spencer, how you living? I'm living good, man. A hundred in, dude. A hundred, a hundred episodes. A hundred episodes. Crazy. They said we couldn't do it. They tried to tell us, oh, you're, you won't be able to do a sports podcast in Savannah. And we just, we just shit all over them. Yeah, dude. A hundred straight times. Losers and posers. And you know what? This isn't a cult anymore, dude. This is a covenant now. We're a hundred episodes in. It's real. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. Moving our way up. Thanks to the hot grits podcast family. Uh, Namely coach's corner, our title sponsor, check them out. 3016 East victory drive. And on Facebook, uh, three, five, two, 29, 33. If you want to call ahead your order coach's corner, number one place to watch the NFL playoffs, uh, including the super bowl on February 13th. Tell John Henderson, the owner and your bartender server that, Hot Grits podcast sent you, and they will hook it up. Cold beers, hot wings, 196 billion televisions over there at Coach's Corner. Uh, be sure to like and follow, subscribe to Carl Damasi Sports Report on Saturday mornings from Coach's Corner, as well as Rubbin' and Grubbin' with Brandon Bain, the NASCAR show. Find him on YouTube and on the Coach's Corner Facebook page as well. I think the 19th hole, guys, will be getting started soon talking golf as the Masters approaches. Um, so also give those guys a follow. But Coach's Corner, when you go, 3016 East Victory Drive, 352-2933 to call ahead. Tell them we sent you, and they will hook it up. Spencer, we have to start, right, with the NFL playoffs. I mean, Absolutely. What Absolutely. a nutty weekend. What a nutty weekend of football it was, dude. Three, The first three of the four games played this weekend were decided – on a last-second field goal by the away team, also by the underdogs, three for three on underdogs, and then Chiefs-Bills on Sunday night absolutely delivered. After a shitty wild-card weekend, the divisional round was nuts. Which game do you want to start with from the NFL's divisional round? I mean, we, we got to start with Chiefs-Bills, right? That was, We have I to. Mean, the, entire, the entire day was it, – honestly, it might have been the best divisional round of my lifetime, probably actually easily the best divisional round of my lifetime. That game, Bills and Chiefs, I said to you, like, while it was happening, I was like, this might be the best game I've ever watched in the NFL, period. Uh, some college games on top of it just because they get a little nutty, but that easily was the best NFL game. And, like, a couple jumped to mind. I think I texted you, like, a, a Chiefs-Rams game from a couple years ago was, like, up there as well. But that was regular season. This game was un real man what what was it three four scores in the last two and a half minutes or something like that yeah Maybe it was three like three minutes i think it was like 20 something points in the last in the last minute 52 right um it, but it, i mean it was nuts down the stretch dude i mean so many things to talk about it was like one thing kept topping the other uh i think 
well, I mean, I'll let you, but for me, the two biggest takeaways were it's shitty that it went into overtime because then we have to hear. Yeah, everybody's everybody's going to talk about the overtime. overtime Everybody's fresh overtime takes and how shitty the NFL overtime rules are, which I agree with, but let's let's eventually just move on and get over it. I mean, let's eventually just accept that. Yeah, those are the rules, so let's play by them. It, it, It doesn't. It sucks that, that that the headline wasn't that was the best game ever and the headline was we need to change the overtime rules because that game was so awesome to have it to have it try like become a talking point to change rules is almost undervaluing what that game was man the, leaving and honestly I blame the bills like leaving so much room underneath for them to just get 15 20 yard chunks like that with barely any resistance on that last drive, setting up the field goal was almost unforgivable uh, from a defensive standpoint. I get that you don't want to allow the over the top ball. Yeah, unforgivable. I get that you don't want to allow the over the top ball and lose the game like that, but you got to know that you got a 50-50 shot of losing if they get in field goal range anyway. You know what I mean? Nobody was stopping anybody. Like at, at the end of the game, whoever got the ball first was always going to win, right? Like I would have, yeah, I would have one hundred percent. And let me drop a stat on you: eleven yeah. playoff games have gone into overtime with these new rules, or not new rules, with the rules as they currently stand. Eleven games have gone into overtime playoff games. Ten of those games were won by the team that won the coin toss. Really? So that's tough. I mean, that's tough for sure. But I, I think. Like, regardless of who won that game in overtime, that was going to be a talking point, unfortunately. And we can all agree that the rules are shitty. But let's not forget what happened down the stretch in regulation when it was nuts back and forth. I mean, it was just Josh Allen versus Pat Mahomes back and forth. There was one time where – did you see when the Chiefs fan ran on the field? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, a viral so, video came out where they that guy was talking into the camera before he did it. He was like a thousand bucks to run on the field, spend a night in the drunk tank. I saw it this morning. A thousand no bucks. Way. Yeah, and then you it cuts to and you see him running on the field. It's awesome. Well, dude, and then Stefan Diggs. There's video of Stefan Diggs just absolutely roasting this guy, just shredding him as he runs across the middle of the of the two huddles and. When, right. when they come back from commercial break, Tony Romo started talking about it. And you can tell on the broadcast when Romo starts talking about it, someone is in his ear saying, don't bring attention to it. Don't laugh at it. Don't acknowledge it because that's what they usually do, right? They don't even show it. Yeah. And so Romo immediately starts pivoting from that to from laughing at Stefan Diggs trucking this guy to like the offensive line thoughts going into the next play. Like he just immediately transitions. You can tell someone got in his ear about that. <laughs> Yeah, uh, do you think I, uh, that those two teams are the best two teams? Or, or do you yeah, think that I think... Like... Go ahead. Uh, well, well, let me say this. I'm sticking with my Cincinnati going to the Super Bowl pick, dude. I'm sticking to it. Like I said last week, I'm into the juice. I like these. I like this Super Bowl run they're on, dude. They're, they're making it to the Super Bowl. But the Chiefs are the best team left in the playoffs, if that makes sense. You know what I mean? I hear that. I, I think the Bengals can beat the Chiefs this weekend, but I, I definitely am picking the Chiefs. <laughs> the the Bengals the Bengals aren't beating the Chiefs if the Chiefs play like that. There's no way. They they don't have the no no chance. They, yeah yeah, yeah. They, they they don't have Josh Allen back there. As much as I love Joe Burrow, they're not they're not scoring like that like those bros just said. 
But I like. I circle I like back. Cincinnati. You said you like the. You said you like the juice, right? You're not saying you like the Jews, like the Jewish religion. No, yeah, the juice, the juice, the juice. I do like the Jews. I support the Jews. I support. You're a friend of the people. Jews, of course. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, I like the juice. I, I like what they got going on, and uh, you know, this might be a team of destiny. I just there's something about them. I like I like their general energy, dude. I'm sticking with them. I picked them earlier. They're certainly the the funnest team left. I, I think yeah. the like the team that people are rooting for the most who don't have a most, rooting interest. Most fun, all good. Um, I told my younger brother, who's a diehard Bengals fan, that if Bengals beat the Chiefs, we'll have him on uh, for for our Super Bowl preview. Absolutely. So if the Bengals, <laughs> we have to have him on. So there's a lot riding yeah. on this game for for Michael. We've got to introduce our list. We bring them up so much. Like, it's almost weird how much we bring them up. But if the listener were to hear these talk for like 10, 15 minutes, they would get it. Like, they'd be all in on this guy, too. That's all I'm screaming. But I, yeah. It's, it's, if I were to power rank the games, I would go Chiefs, Bills, and then right below that, Rams, Bucks, right? So Rams Bucks was nuts, dude. Like I almost <laughs> gave up on that game several times. I did give up on it. I stopped watching it like right after halftime, and I was like, they, they, "They got this one." Like the Tom Brady's not doing this again, and he did it again, dude. He did it again. It was the exact same. Wasn't it the exact same score, twenty-eight to three? So it's twenty-seven to three. But you know that was going to come up. Yeah. You know, twenty-eight to three was going to continuously come up. So I wonder for yeah. Falcons fans. Isn't it better that the Rams won? Oh yeah, yeah. So they don't have to relive twenty-eight to three over and over again. Well, they still were like it was getting shared on social media where a uh, Rams logo was fading into a Falcons logo, and then at the very end it just fades back to a Rams logo. It's like oh, so close, dude. Oh, that's they tough. just dumped. Yeah, they just dumped all over us. That went viral. That was pretty tough. Uh, but dude, your boy did pick the Rams over Tom Brady, and you you went with Tom Brady, right? I did, yeah, I did. I, I went with I Brady a, over Stafford. I need a little bit of props on that. That was a really good game, though, too. Okay, props, do you, props. Do you do you now that Green Bay? I felt like Green Bay was the eight hundred eight hundred pound gorilla in the room because they had home field advantage throughout. I really like the Rams from here on out. I like the Rams getting to the Super Bowl. What do you think? Yeah, I definitely like the Rams more than the 49ers, for yeah. sure. And I still. I thought, I, I, I always liked the Rams, but I just I've been burned so many times picking against Brady, including last year's yeah. Super Bowl. Um, yeah. That that I didn't want to do it again. Like I didn't want to get caught with my hand in the cookie jar again, betting against Tom Brady. I but just, from dude, here I, on out, the Rams are are yeah. I mean, they look really good, dude. And at like week ten or something, I decided that I thought this 49ers team was a fraud, and I thought they were the worst team in the playoffs when they got in. I thought they were worse than Pittsburgh. I still think they're the worst team in the playoffs. I don't know how they've made it this far. I don't know how Aaron Rodgers managed to not put up more points. Like playing at home, Jimmy G. I, I saw a billion stats. Jimmy G's never played in under forty degree weather in high school, college, or pros. Oh, nice stat! Nice stat. Yeah, I, I, I don't know how they didn't come away with that win, dude. I was really disappointed in the Packers. I think I picked them to go to the Super Bowl. But, yeah, I think the Rams are just going to roll over the 49ers this week. Got to, right? No way. Did you know that the Super Bowl is in L.A. and that the Rams play in L.A.? Have you heard that storyline yeah. yet? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Holy I'm shit, they're going to milk that for all it's worth. Yeah. So what did you think of the Matt Stafford to Cooper Cup 
throw. Uh, everyone was making such a big deal out of what a great throw it was from Stafford to Cup to set up the game winner from your boy Matt Gay. Uh, w- but I didn't think it was that great of a throw. I mean, Cooper Cup was wide open, was he not? Yeah, he was wide open. There was like 10 yards of separation. I thought it was a great route running by Cooper Cup. I mean, I mean, Matt's never put it where it had to be, though. It's not like I'm taking away. Like, he easily could have sure. overthrown that or underthrown it. You know what I mean? Like, but yeah, it wasn't like one of the great, great throws that harken, you know, harken back to Joe Montana and stuff. Did you just, see all I mean, the, it was a good throw. Did you see all the references to another Georgia quarterback beating a Michigan quarterback in the state of Florida? No. So Georgia obviously beat Michigan in the Orange Bowl in Florida. Uh, Stafford, yeah. a Georgia guy, Brady, a Michigan man. This game also in the state of Florida and Tampa. So it's just okay. a running joke. A little bit of like, a reach. Yeah, kind of a reach. A little reach, bit of a right? reach, but I'm with it. So yeah. what? Yeah, so what no, I'm with you. Uh, do you think that Tom Brady retires? No. My gut says no. I think he's got one more year in him. I think he probably comes back for two more years, but he's got one more year in him. You know what I mean? Yeah. You don't really like, see any signs of him falling off, but it does feel like he has to announce it before he retires, right? Like he can't retire now right. when nobody knew it was his last game, right? I mean, he's worthy of sort of a a tour around the league his last time, don't you think? Yeah. Well, and he's still probably I mean, I, I don't know that there's four quarterbacks that I would take over Brady. He's definitely top five quarterbacks still, right? Agreed. So, I mean, it, as long as you're playing at that level, I see no reason not to come back. And he he's so good at – this is an underrated part of his game. He's so good at knowing when he's about to get sacked and just kind of going eh, – and just like falling down. You know what I mean? You, you never see him just get absolutely laid out. So it seems like he could preserve his body for a long time. And a, another thing is he's not playing – like the throws he's making, it's not like Peyton Manning in his last year when he won the Super Bowls last year. It's not like even Brett Favre where he was kind of throwing – like he had some more – he had some more juice on his balls than Brady did. Juice on my balls, nice. But he had some more juice on his balls than Brady – than uh, Manning did, excuse me. But even still, he's throwing the ball like 45, 50 yards downfield with a tight spiral. There's like no – there's no duck to it. You know what I mean? So I think he can keep this going for as long as he wants. And like you've brought up, this is going to happen more and more where as training gets better, guys get better at preserving their bodies. I, I don't really buy that take, but guys get better at preserving their bodies that these old guys will last longer and be able to play at their peak longer. I just think Brady's a freak, and I think he can continue doing this for a long time if he wants to. I think he could probably do two more years, honestly. Well, dude, he led the think? league. He led the league in passing yards, passing touchdowns, completions. I mean, he led the league in everything. Yeah, like he certainly has more to give. I think. I mean, he always said that he wanted to play till he's forty-five. This dude's forty-four years old. I mean, this yeah. guy's 44 years old leading the league in touchdowns. It's crazy. It's unreal, dude. And I think I would probably at this point take Mahomes over him, maybe Josh Allen over him, maybe. But I, th- I think Brady's probably 
he's in that tier, if nothing else. I, you're splitting hairs. You know yeah, what I mean? You're splitting one hairs. Year, I mean, he's still at the top of the league. If you're just talking about, I want a quarterback yeah. for one season, like him and Rodgers, I don't even think, I think that you comparable. Can, yeah, I think you can make an argument that he's still the best quarterback in the league. I think you can make a convincing argument. I wouldn't make that argument, but I would I would buy it if you wanted to you know, sell that to me. Yeah, I want to listen to the pick. So I think Yeah, I, I think I think he I think he comes back for at least another year. And like you said, there's no way he just goes out like that where he doesn't announce this is my final year. He loves hype videos on social media, dude. And this dude is just addicting addicted to playing football too. Like no chance. What's he gonna do with all that time? You know what I mean? Like he all his life is getting in the cryogenic chamber sleeping for 12 hours and eating vegetables. Like, there's no way he just pivots immediately without any warning. I don't yeah, and it just doesn't feel like enough steam to, to leave having been eliminated in a divisional game against the Rams. Like, it's just, it can't be yeah. the way it ends for him. I mean, otherwise. And he almost pulled it off, too. You know what I mean? Oh, my god. Like, Christ. if they would have gotten blown out, if, if they would have gotten blown out, I would buy it. Like maybe maybe you go out like this. Maybe you're just like, all right, we just didn't have it. You know what I mean? Like, right. We don't have the team, but they had the team. They brought it back. They almost won. I don't know. I think he's coming back. Perfect. All right, well, let's let's make some picks before touching on one more piece of NFL news. Um, let's start in the AFC. You you like the Bengals? You're picking the Bengals over the Chiefs. The Bengals are, I believe, seven point dogs heading into this game. Yeah, I'm swept up in the hype, dude. I'm picking the Bengals. I'm taking the Bengals' money line next week as well. Get Ooh. on that train if you want to. I'll be tweeting about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm it? into it, nope. dude. I like those odds. No, no chance. No chance, I know. But at at seven uh, at a seven-point dog, I imagine it's got to be pretty tasty. I'd say they're probably plus 200, plus 250 at least. You think so? At least. Yeah. Well, I'm going to look it up, but I'm going to take the Chiefs. Uh, over the Bengals. I, I think I'll be rooting for the Bengals just because of my brother. And yeah. plus I'd love to have him on the podcast. Um, to be clear, the Chiefs are the better team. To be clear, I believe the Chiefs to be the better team. I'm still picking the Bengals. The Bengals are plus swept 260. Swept up in, dude. Plus 260 for the Bengals. Yeah. Oh, my God. I almost drilled it. I said 250. Yeah, you almost did. Um, all right. What about the almost NFC? In the NFC, I think we both like the Rams, don't we? Yeah. Rams are going to roll over these bros. All right, so you got Rams it's been a good story. in the Super Bowl, and yeah. I'll take the Chiefs, Chiefs Rams in the Super Bowl. Um, all right, well, there's our picks. Sean Payton leaving the New Orleans Saints. Spencer, any thoughts as a Falcons fan as to as to what that means, getting him out of your division? I, who knows what's next for him? I'd certainly like to have him as a Dolphins fan. I'd like to have him in Miami. That'd be sick. But it sounds like he'll go the broadcasting route. Are you, are you pumped that Peyton's out of Miami or out of uh, New Orleans? Um, yeah, I mean, they were already on the downtrend anyway. Like, they they got to find a quarterback. I think that's in the main reason he's leaving. Right? Is they don't have a they don't have a guy. Like, I, yeah, I'm kind of shocked so. he I mean, didn't leave. The, that. the quarterback for the Saints directly after next Drew Brees year is not on their roster currently. I think we both agree on that, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, unless you decide to bring Taysom Hill and make him your full your full time QB, yeah, which I don't they think they're going to do. Yeah, they paid him a tremendous amount of money, Taysom Hill, 
for reasons unbeknownst to me. But who knows why Sean Payton's leaving? The, the, the point is that I think it's a really good thing if you're a Falcons fan to have this guy away from the Saints. I think it points towards them rebuilding in the post, post-Breeze post era at least, right? Yeah. So I, I think if you're the Falcons, you're set up nicely if you draft a quarterback this year, okay? Like you have to take a quarterback this year, get his feet wet one, under one more year of Brady, and then after that you've got Brady leaving. The Saints are in disarray. They don't have a quarterback either. They don't have a coach. You're set up nicely to be competing again in uh, two years. You know what I mean? Their championship window is probably four years away. But you're set up nicely to be competing for a division two years from now. So, I mean, they've got to take a quarterback. It's good that Peyton's leaving. You know, I mean, he's been a staple in this division for so long now. God, it seems like they get 12 wins every year. At least that's over with for, you know, you can hope that's over with for a little bit. Most famous thing that, or most notable thing Sean Payton's known for, I, I still have to think that onside kick in the Super Bowl, right? Hmm. I think it was against, I think it was against Manning, Peyton Manning's team, Peyton Manning's Colts, I believe. I, uh, I'll kind of always remember Reggie Bush's long touchdown, like his second or third year. I think it was the, was it the year they won the Super Bowl? Where he was, he Maybe. like the picture of him running down the sideline with his hands up. I don't know. That's the most memorable Sean moment, Sean Payton moment to me. But I'm, dude, I'm not a Sean Payton guy though. So like, well, let's not forget that you know. when he arrived in New Orleans, Drew Brees was not a foregone conclusion for the Saints. They were deciding between Culpepper, which tells you how long they've been. He's been there. They were deciding between Dante Culpepper and Drew Brees, and the other person that they didn't pick was going to go to Miami and be the quarterback. And it ended up being Drew Brees to New Orleans because of Sean Payton. Um, And then Dante Culpepper, obviously, to Miami, where he crashed and burned like every other Dolphins quarterback ever. (laughs) Commercial and residential electrical services that you can trust. Braddy Electric is Savannah's number one electrical services for commercial and residentials since 1970 it's family owned and family operated reach them today at 912-233-1561 or 1104 east 35th street braddy electric that's two d's b-r-a-d-d-y five stars on yelp five stars on google reviews and savannah's number one electrical servicer since 1970 call them today 912-233-1561 1561 Savannah's premier indoor baseball training facility SBPA is owned and operated by Ross Howard and together with instructors who have played college and professional baseball Ross and SBPA offer customized instruction year-round for baseball and softball players from ages 8 to 80 Think about that. 8 to 80. It's a young man's game. Full-length batting cages, pitching mounds, and a state-of-the-art technology to measure improvement are just a few of the highlights over at the Academy. Call Ross at 912-484-5282 and visit the Savannah Baseball Performance Academy on Facebook for programs, teams, camps, and more information about how to take advantage of this great venue. 
Savannah's only year-round indoor baseball facility, Ross Howard, our guy, helping us out, sponsoring the Hot Grits podcast. Give him a call, 912-484-5282. I wanted to touch on this quickly, Spencer, um, before we talk some baseball and some Atlanta professional basketball franchise stuff. Uh, Georgia, Georgia's Jermaine Burton, uh, a really talented wide receiver, announced that he was transferring, entering the transfer portal, and he announced this week that he's going to Alabama. Um, it, it's really tough as a Georgia fan to accept that Jermaine Burton's transferring to Alabama where the rich simply get richer. Um, I think you can make an argument that Alabama's acquired the three most talented players to have entered the transfer portal this year. Um, all three have chosen to go to Alabama, led by the running back from Georgia Tech and now Jermaine Burton. Um, but I wanted to ask you, Spencer, isn't this sort of what we asked for? If we're pro-player, if we're pro-student athlete, and we want them to have rights to transfer, we want them to have rights to make money, um, isn't this sort of what we asked for? Are we getting what we asked for? Well, uh, I, I, I think this is always a possibility. I don't think that we're getting what we asked for. I think there was a school of thought whenever this legislation came out or whenever this rule change happened that perhaps the smaller guy could start getting more of these guys. You know what I mean? Because they could offer them more money or whatever. Uh, and you can be the guy here. You know, I think a lot of people were hoping for that, but it's just not what it's turned into yet. Um, I think this was almost a foregone conclusion that Alabama was going to scoop up a lot of these guys, Alabama, Georgia, those kind of squads were going to scoop up a lot of these guys. Um, I don't, I don't know. I, uh, I don't think it's an indictment on anything just yet. We're, we're still in the super early days of college athletes being able to get paid. You know what I mean? Like we don't really know what this is going to look like, but yes, to an extent, yes, I'll agree with you. So do you buy in at all to, there's some conspiracy theorists out there who believe that Alabama is using NLI or Alabama is somehow paying for these transfers or somehow enticing them with money um, to come to Alabama to that, I would just say whatever Alabama offers schools like Georgia are going to be able to match, whether it's outright money illegally yeah. or whether it's NLI deals, Alabama is not above Georgia in terms of money spent on football. I mean, the, the all those schools are sort of equal. So it's not like, you know, you're leaving the middle of nowhere to well, go. Not just, not just, not just Alabama and Georgia either. Yeah, no, not, yeah, not just Alabama and Georgia State, either. Texas. There's teams like Texas, USC, all those guys. Like they can definitely pull that off. Um, no, I think it's Alabama's probably. It, I would say the preseason favorite. Maybe Georgia's the preseason favorite next year. I don't know. Like they, I, I think it's they want to win a championship, man. I, I think it's as simple as that. Yeah, but they just want to just like any free Georgia. agency ever. Yeah, I know, but I mean, maybe a bigger role. I don't know why he would transfer. I, I I actually don't know the specifics behind that case, that particular case. I just mean in general. Yeah. Uh, these guys. It's just like you. I would think of it as a free agency in the pro leagues. You know what I mean? Like, if all things are equal, you're going to take whatever, however you rank them, your role, and then the ability to win. You know. So, and if Alabama gives him the best chance to win, that's where he's going to go. Well, he's going to be a superstar. The money's equal. 
in that system and that passing system for Alabama with the Heisman Trophy quarterback uh, to work with. Right. You make anything of wide receivers transferring from Georgia because Stetson Bennett's coming back? Um, no, but that's a very you question to ask, dude. <laughs> get off this get get off this guy's jock, man. He just want he just want a natty. Give him a chance. All right, all right, all right. I'll do that. Yeah, give him a chance, man. Okay, well let's talk uh let's talk some major league baseball. Do you want to? The Hall of Fame announcement comes out as we're recording this on Tuesday afternoon. Tuesday night, we'll find out who is in the 2022 Hall of Fame class uh, for Major League Baseball. Of note, it's the last year, Spencer, for Barry Bonds and um, Roger Clemens. But it's also the first right. year for David Ortiz, who a lot of people have asked about you know, his connections with PEDs. As we record this, there is a chance that Bonds and Clemens both get in and Ortiz as well on his first try, Bonds and Clemens on their last try. They've been on the ballot for 10 years now. I think if we get done recording this, and and of course by the time you're hearing this, the announcement's already been made as to who made it in the class. If Bonds and Clemens get in, it will be a historic day for baseball and specifically for the Baseball Hall of Fame. I don't know that I've ever gotten your take on that, Spencer. do you think guys like Bonds should be in? Do you differentiate between each player, or do you kind of group them all together? Well, let, let me say this. Before before I get started on Bonds and Clemens, it would be an absolute travesty if David Ortiz isn't indicted. Or in, yes, on his first ballot. If he's not in on his first ballot, indicted. That's not the word. Inducted. Whatever. Inducted. There we go. If he's not inducted on his first ballot – that's an absolute travesty. Uh, I, I get that you don't want to have – If I, I kind of understand the argument that you don't want Bonds and Clemens in because they're the poster boys of that era. Um, but David Ortiz wasn't that. There was a million dudes that were way more connected to steroids than David Ortiz. And he's a legend to so many people. He's a legend to you. You're a Boston guy. So, I mean, no, it, it, would, be, it would be messed up if David Ortiz isn't in first ballot. I personally think that Bonds, Clemens, all those guys should have been in already. And I think they get more and more votes every year as like some of these older voters die off. You they know do. what I mean? And they do. Maybe there's, maybe there's a chance they get in on their last year. Like I, I kind of want to see them in, man, at, at this point. Yeah, it's, so the way it works is you get uh, 10 years on the ballot as long as you eclipse a certain minimum each, each year. And so I think what a lot right. of writers did, you get 10 years on the ballot, each writer – is allowed to vote for 10 guys and you don't have to vote for anybody. So I think each year, guys like Clemens, guys like Bonds have steadily increased their percentages. But it's also, since this is their last year, this is the last shot for the baseball writers to induct the all-time home run king into their Hall of Fame. And so they know that there is no next year. So I think there's a way to sort of punish Bonds and Clemens by making them wait 10 years on the ballot, by making them go through this very public um, reckoning, for lack of a better word. And if you induct them on their 10th year, that is different than inducting them on, say, their first year, like Ortiz, like what may happen to Ortiz, or what obviously happens right. to, to you know surefire Hall of Famers. 
So I think if they induct him, they will have sent a message, but they will also have done the right thing. I think unequivocally the right thing to do is to put these guys in the Hall of Fame. It's not the writer's job to be telling us who's moral and who's not, who cheated the game and who's not. It's not their job to decide that. It's the commissioner's office job to decide that. And since these guys played their whole careers without being suspended for steroids, they should get in. Now, a guy like Alex Rodriguez, agreed, who's on his first year of balloting, Alex Rodriguez is on the ballot. He won't get in in his first year of eligibility this year. It's different. He was suspended for steroid use for, yeah. for, for a whole season. So that's different, I think. At least I think so. Um, it'll be fascinating. Again, I think it's a huge deal. It, I might be in the minority here. I think Bonds and Clemens played on a more level playing field than guys like A-Rod did because there was more testing when A-Rod was playing. You know what I mean? So you had to you had to be more creative. And some of the, the highest paid players were more creative with getting away with steroid use. You know no, what I mean? That's a good point. Bonds that, and Clemens I've never played, heard that argued when, before, but that's a good point. When Bonds and Clemens played, everybody was using it. I mean, everybody. If you were on a major league roster, it was like 85 to 90% of these guys were using it, and they were getting it from the teams. So it's not like he went out there and, you know, was getting 85-mile-an-hour cheese balls down the plate and hitting 700-plus home runs. This dude was facing dudes that were on juice as well. He was facing Clemens, you know what I mean? And he was still hitting the ball 500 feet. So – Yes, I mean, the records are tainted a little bit if you want to go down that. But he's, he belongs in the Hall of Fame, man. And he would have been in the Hall of Fame. Barry Bonds would have been one of the greatest players of all time, even if he never touched a needle. So get, get him in there, man. It's a joke. This guy had 500 steals, right? I mean, he was his numbers Bonds? are insane. His numbers are insane. Bonds' yeah. numbers are, are crazy town. Um, and he was the face of an organization and arguably the face of the game for nearly a decade. I mean, it, uh, Roger Clemens, too, has stats that are really never going to be duplicated. This is a guy that won seven Cy Young Awards, Spencer, in his career. Four of them came after age 33. Unreal. I mean, four Cy Youngs between the age of 33 and 40 is crazy. That will never, ever happen again. He should be in as well. Um, there are some other fringe guys. I don't know if any of these guys stick out for you. Andrew Jones... Um, is teetering around 50%. He won't get in this year, but he's improving in the right direction, as are guys like Todd Helton and Scott Rowland, as well as Billy Billy Wagner. Um, it's crazy, Spencer, now that we're getting up there in age uh, as individuals and as a podcast. Like, we saw some of these – we saw all of these guys play, like, their whole career. Yeah. Dude, get, get Todd Helton into the Hall of Fame, man. What are we doing? So he'll be a Hall of Famer. It's just a matter of when. Um, yeah. You know, it's just a matter of when. Scott Rowland, I would argue, probably shouldn't be a Hall of Famer based on his numbers overall. But What about God Andrew Jones? What there. do you think about that? Um, I, I think I'm a little too biased. Obviously, I want him in the Hall of Fame. I don't, I don't know if his numbers are there. So he hit 500 home runs and was unquestionably get, the get him in there. Yeah, he's unquestionably there. the greatest defensive center fielder of an entire generation. I think most people would argue he's the best center fielder ever outside of possibly Willie Mays, defensively, of course. Right. Um, 
And so that's that says something. If Andrew Jones played in this era with StatCast and where we can really measure defensive metrics, I mean, he would be a superstar. Right. Uh, he was a superstar. I, I didn't know he had 500 home runs. I thought he was in 400 territory. But, yeah, get him in. Well, you could be right. Absolutely. He might not have hit 500. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think he hit 500. I, thought, I think he was in the 400s. But I'm, well, I'm, I, I literally can't look up anything because we're using our phones to record. So, you know. Yeah, you have 434, uh, 434 home runs. <laughs> boy, come on. Recall right there, boy. 150 yeah, I'll, stolen bases, yeah. uh, 1200, almost 1,300 RBIs, uh, almost 2,000 hits. Get him in. It's time. It's time. Yeah, I think Andrew Jones. Get all those guys in from that era. I'm going to guess. Get all those guys in from that era. I'm going to guess that Bonds and Clemens, neither one of them get in. That's my guess before before the ballot comes out. Really? I'm going to say Bonds gets in. I think think Bonds gets in. Clemens doesn't. Ooh, okay. Uh, Did you hear about the robot, robot umpires coming to AAA baseball? I didn't. This is more your bag than mine. So, although I will say, I don't want it. Do do let let me ask you this question. And it's almost like, I mean, the only storyline here is how it impacts the impacts the major leagues, right? Like, we're not interested in what goes on in AAA baseball. Correct. Right? I would just say logistically that it should be not noted that there will still be an umpire behind the plate receiving some sort of uh, notification in his ear about whether it's a strike or a ball each pitch. So there would still be the home plate umpire behind the plate, but he just wouldn't be calling balls and he wouldn't be deciding it. He would still be calling it. So logistically, that's it. But go ahead. I think it's important to get every single call on the baseball field right and perfect other than balls and strikes. I feel like there still should be some kind of a little bit of subjectivity there. I, I don't think it should be robotic. I think that takes away from what baseball is and always has been. Uh, that's my personal take. I, but you're you're a big baseball guy, dude. You're a baseball guy. I'm a basketball guy. Although I have been taking a little bit of a crown and putting it on my head as baseball guy, you're still a baseball guy. So I want to hear your take on that. Yeah, so I think it's inevitable. Um, I do think that it's crazy that baseball has instituted robot umpires for AAA, uh, for some AAA leagues, but we still don't know if there's going to be a season or not. Uh, they figured out the robot umpires, but they can't figure out uh, – you know, a collective bargaining agreement. Uh, I will say this though. I don't know that I don't know that it's going to be as quick from triple a to major league baseball as it was from independent ball to triple a, if that makes sense. So I think they need to test this out at the highest level for a while, for a long time. I mean, for several reasons before even approaching that, uh, I I think if it stays in triple a, and let's say they agree to say eight year an eight year term or a five year collective bargaining agreement. I think the next time around, we'll see this come up uh, for the players to decide. But I, I don't know that it's in any danger of becoming, uh, you know, coming to mainstream major league baseball anytime soon. Robot umpires, that is. I'd like to, I'd like to see, I'd like to see a challenge system where a coach can challenge one ball and strike call a game towards the, you know, so it doesn't, it doesn't completely take away the human element from baseball. And if a really bad 
a really bad pitch is called at a really crucial juncture, you can challenge it. You know what I mean? And then you use the robot umpire. Uh, I, I don't think I'd want to see a robot umpire in baseball. That's just not, it's not baseball, man. Yeah. I don't about. know if I would want to see it either, but I mean, it does feel inevitable. It just feels like how long, you know? Right. All right. Well, right. let's wrap the technology's up. not perfected either. True. Go let's ahead. wrap up with the uh, Atlanta basketball professional franchise. Um, but first I'm going to tell our listeners about the number one real estate agent in the world, John Carr. Our guy, 912-228-0916. Call John if you're interested in buying real estate in the Savannah area or selling it, as well as if you just want to learn more about the market itself in this area. Uh, John sold basically a house a week for the year 2021. Um, Probably going to sell two houses a week in 2022. No pressure there, Johnny. Uh, Call him, tell him we sent you, and he'll hook it up on your listing fee if you're selling. 912-228-0916. 0916. Find John Carr on Facebook as well as through Seaport Real Estate's website. John Carr Realtor, 912-228-0916. Spencer, the Hawks. Can we call them the Hawks yet? Four games, baby. No, 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 no. We can't. We can't. We can't. Okay, okay. We got to get above five. We got to get above 500, and there's still the Atlanta basketball franchise. Okay, let me start over so we Atlanta can... Atlanta basketball professional here. franchise. Correctly. Um, okay. Three, two, one. Spencer, the Atlanta basketball professional franchise. <laughs> Come on, baby. We got some juice, dude. Danilo, Danilo Garanari leading the charge, yeah, dude. Yeah. Your guy. Your guy. This guy looks like a new player. Ever since you started dogging him, he's turned it on. I love it. I love well, the that's defensive what I do. juice. Dude, that's what I did with they almost I play I play disciplinarian I'm bad cop and I get on to these guys and I hold them accountable and that's what Danilo heard I'm sure you heard episode 98 99 they almost blew that Miami game dude we're almost yes, having an entirely did. different discussion today almost blew it but they didn't they got the win and those are the types of wins that they need to get like you can't keep blowing 15 point leads and dude if these guys spot another team 15 points in the first quarter, I'm going to actually throw up. Like, I, I can't tell you how many times I've turned off the TV and, like, paced around my room and then turned it back on. Oh, my God. I hate this team so much. They drive my blood pressure up. It's unreal. Still got them at a five-seed ceiling, though. Okay, you had a five-seed last week. I had a nine-seed last week. They've won four straight games since then. They're 21-25 and 25 overall. Um, the Atlanta basketball professional franchise is, and they are still 12th in the Eastern Conference. I'm going to bump them up. I'm going to bump up the Atlanta basketball professional franchise to an eight-seed ceiling. That's the best they'll do all year, uh, and that is their highest point. That's that's their ceiling, if you will. You know, and mathematically, that's uh, their most likely seed that they get if they if they were to play well from here, assuming that they play to like even up to their Normal standard from last year, they'll probably end up at the eight seed. Yeah, I think as we record on Tuesday afternoon, they are two and a half games back from the eight seed as the twelve seed. So they're not. It's not like they're far out. Yeah, they're not dead in the water. But man, you really don't want to be playing in Brooklyn or in Milwaukee. You know, your first round, you're done. It's you're dead on arrival if you're playing. 
on the road. So you got to get up to, you got to get up to, I would think comfortably you got to get up to a fifth seed. And then, well, you know, maybe you're going to have to play in the play in the play in game, right? Or games. Yeah. 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 Playing game. Yeah. You, you definitely want to avoid the playing game. So s- s- six or fifth is what you're looking at to avoid a playing game. Uh, I, I think it's extremely doable for them to avoid the play in. Um, they have to go and run and they have to play like they did down the stretch last year, which I, I think is totally possible. I mean, Ever since the Cam Reddish trade, it looks like they've got a little bit more energy and people are kind of figuring out their roles a little bit more. I, I don't know. It was so awkward to watch them early on in the season because it, it seemed like down the stretch of games, it still seems like this to me a little bit, down the stretch of games, it was, okay, we're going to give the Trey the ball and we don't know what to do anymore after that. Whereas the first three quarters, they really had their offense down. The ball whips around. They're getting to open threes. Uh, I, I don't know. I'd like to see them figure that out down the stretch of games, or they're going to keep choking a few of them away. But they they just don't have any margin for error anymore. They can't lose a winnable game from here on out. There was a game last week when they were missing uh, Bogdan and Danilo, and it seemed like one of the best halves they've played all year when they were missing both <laughs> of those guys. Yeah. I mean, it really did, didn't it? Yeah, uh, I'm not sure which game that was. I thought Danilo played in all these games. Well, he missed one. No, I know he they missed were missing Bogdan. And... Okay. Um, yeah, he missed one of them. I don't know. I, 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 will, I will say this. Danilo has been more engaged on defense, and that's pretty much all it takes for him to be a like passable player. Like, Even if he's not making shots, if he's engaged on defense, you can play him. If he's not engaged, you got to get him off the floor. He's like unplayable. But – and it, it speaks one – dude, friend of the podcast, Kevin Herter, has been unreal this year, man. And I feel like nobody's given him his flowers, but he's been – Red Velvet. second-best player this year. I'd argue he's been their second-best player this year. Or maybe John Collins. Maybe third-best player this year. He's been unreal. He's been the best wing for sure. I don't know. Yeah, it just seems know. like the more he gets minutes, maybe not every night, but the more – you know, every week he's improving – as long as he's getting those 27 to 32 minutes as opposed to, you know, 21 to 23 minutes. It just feels well, he like he should starting, be a, a part of a rotation. I agree. I think he could be yeah, starting. Yeah, he should be starting. He needs to be starting. He needs to be getting 30-plus. They're a better team when he's on the floor. They got to get I, Sweet I Lou going that, off the bench, too. Sweet Lou's been pretty bad. Yeah, you're a Sweet Lou guy. He's been, Lemon Pepper <laughs> he's Lou. been pretty rough. Well, DeLon Wright just outplayed him a little bit, but – I, I did see something where uh, Herder has been involved in three of their top four lineups in terms of plus minus this year. Crazy. That's pretty good. Kevin Herder, dude. Who knew? Trey yeah. Young named the Eastern Conference Player of the Week for last week, averaging 31.3 points and nine assists per game. Trey Young coming along, dude, and he's outplaying Trey. I know this is getting old, but he has to forever be compared to Luca, whether they like it or not. He's outplaying Luca. Right now, yeah. it's not really that close. I mean, Luka Doncic. When I watch he's him play, dude, him all year. he seems sort of out of shape. Luka Doncic for a guy that's so yeah. young. I mean, he seems like he wears down quickly throughout some of these games. He seems out of shape. In, I mean, they're different players. Obviously, they're Luka's way bigger than Trey, of course. But where Trey is the engine of an offense. Luca is an offense in and of himself. Like he's going to get his own shot and he's going to create a shot for another player. But 
Trey really gets the action going. It's it's just it's a different play style because uh, Trey's just so quick. Nobody can stay in front of him. Luca really is if if he's not hitting his shot, he's he's not the same player. You know what I mean? Trey can Trey can go zero for ten on a night and still have a positive impact on the game. That's just the player he is. Um, and you know Luca's no great defender. I I think personally, Trey's been way better this year. Just I I would I would definitively say I would rather have Trey Young on my team this year than Luca. I think I'm still in the minority. I'm I'm glad to hear you say that though. Um, I think I agree with you for sure for this year. I mean, he's outplaying yeah. Luka Doncic, no doubt about it. Devin Booker is still better than him, but other than that, no, he's not better than yeah, Devin yeah, not yeah, better than him. Yeah, yes, it's cute. It's cute. All right, well, they average the same amount of points, and Trey's got like five assists more a game. Wrap up. Though. Booker has more rebounds. Let's wrap up episode 100. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but first, look, I wanted to touch on two things locally quickly. Spencer, A, the World Series trophy from the Braves is coming to Savannah on St. Patty's Day, uh, making a tour through Savannah on St. Patrick's Day Let's later go. this year. How, how that. sick That's is that? Awesome. That's so sick. Oh yeah, my definitely God. the most famous person or thing to come through. I don't know about the players, but I think it's funny to like, that's going to get way more play than like the vice president coming a few years back. The, the World Series yeah. trophy is definitely getting more play. The vice president come through was just a headache for everyone involved. Oh, like, they had to cut, in the like, cut off certain. Yeah, it was, it was, it sucked, but bring that world series trophy through what if they had secret security for the world series trophy too just like, like this like we've got all these kind of roads cut off congress streets cut off we got to get the world having series to trophy explain through. your career to someone if all you did was guard the trophy like what do you do for a living you're just like well how much time like i guard the trophy yeah it's sort of a lengthy process but i go around every year whoever wins the world series and i just post up next to the trophy i don't let anybody touch it no kids with their grubby little hands touching this trophy, uh, so I just guard it with my life. Well, I'll be down there. I'm going to take a peek at it. That's awesome. I had yeah, no idea. It'll probably blind you. Uh, and then one more thing locally, Spencer, I wanted to turn you on to, and, and also our listeners. The Savannah-Chatham County Public School System sent out a memo on Monday to public school athletic directors and coaches stating uh, a list of five bullet points uh, for new measures – to control COVID, supposedly. They're allowing these teams, the 14 public schools, including spring sports and winter sports, you're no longer allowed to travel outside of the city to play a non-region game. So essentially that's about 10 baseball games out of 30 that are just canceled and completely wiped away. Uh, They're going to guise this and they're going to mask this as protecting for COVID reasons. In fact, that was in the email that it's because of the rise of COVID cases. But they're still allowing teams to play other teams in Savannah. And you can play teams outside of Savannah if they're willing to drive to you and play in Savannah. So here's the thing. This has nothing to do with COVID. This is... No, this is money. It's a bus driver shortage is what I believe this to be. They don't have enough bus drivers to drive to these away games and instead of calling it like it is and saying it like that, they don't want their heads to roll. So what is the excuse you can use, which is essentially bulletproof rise of COVID cases, i.e. safety of our student athletes. 
So they're going to frame it. They're going to screw these baseball players out of a quarter of their season, uh, sometimes 30% of their season, just canceled, wiped away. And it'll be under the guise of, oh, we're protecting them for COVID reasons. But that's not the case because they're letting games be played in Savannah. No questions asked. They sent this memo out on January 23rd, January 24th. uh, And the baseball season starts in two weeks. The soccer season is about to start. And all of these coaches are going to have to call now and cancel games or else get them moved. The private schools don't have to deal with this in Savannah. Uh, The counties immediately surrounding Chatham County don't have to deal with this. But in in a decision from John Sanders, athletic director, that was not voted on by the school board, Spencer, not voted on by the school board, decided from the head athletic director, this is how we're going to move forward, um, was shady and I think wrong for sure to blame it on COVID and to say that it's for the safety of student athletes when that's not the case at all. Otherwise, you would put a lockdown on all games, not on just home games where you don't have to use a bus driver. It's a very shady coincidence that there's a bus driver shortage and now we're not using uh, buses for away games because of COVID. I'd also like to know, I'd also, I'd also like to know uh, if those games were replayed in Chatham County, who would get the box sales for that? Who would get the ticket sales for that? Would that go to Chatham County or would that go to those other schools? Would it still That's another good count point. I'm as, glad you brought that up because here's this. Technically, go ahead. Okay. Would it technically count as a home game for those teams, even though no. they're playing in Chatham County? No, it wouldn't. And do you know okay. that baseball games for Savannah Chatham County public schools are free to attend? The schools are not allowed to charge money for fans walking up to the gate. So they make no money off of these games. Whereas football games and basketball uh-huh. games, they were making money hand over fist. So those yeah. games stayed. But now they're going to bring it to Savannah where no money will be made and where they won't have to hire bus drivers. And so just say what it is well, yeah, about it the bus driver short. It doesn't cost you. It doesn't cost you money to it doesn't cost you money in gas to bust those guys there. It doesn't cost you money in food, whatever. Sure. It's just you know. I just there's always as a kid, here, as but, a high school athlete, I used to be so, no big deal, five point three points per game, honorable mention all region three A uh, basketball twenty ten. No big deal. Former high school right, athlete. You're a legend. You're a legend. When I was in high school, I used to remember looking around thinking how much shady shit is going on that none of these adults are caring about. And none of these adults are putting it out in the public. They all just sit on it. They talk about it at the country club or at the bar. And nobody does a damn thing about it for the kids because they're not the ones involved in it anymore. And so I just like, I think it's a shame that these kids are going to have to cancel half their season probably because of, you know, what essentially amounts to money. Take it easy on the country club, dude. I'm a country club guy. Yeah, you are. You cupcake. What a what what did a country club ever do to you? I actually do have some news, dude. I switched clubs. Did I tell you? Oh no, that is breaking. You news. asked me earlier if I have. You asked me earlier if I had any off the field stuff. I do have some off the field stuff. I'm I'm at Savannah Quarters now, man. Oh, you left. Big like move. I left the harbor, man. It went downhill. I could uh, I could rail against these people, but uh, you know what? I'll be the bigger man. I'll be the bigger man here. So Long Harbor, find me on Twitter, at Spencer Maddox underscore. Don't you dare forget that underscore, Trav. How do they find you? At Jadon Sports for me on Twitter, at Podcast Grits for the show account. Uh, Follow and subscribe, please, 
or on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, wherever you're listening to this. Um, also, go check out our Facebook page, Hot Grits Pod on Facebook. Give that a like. You can listen to all the archived episodes there as well. We're 100 episodes in. We don't plan on stopping anytime Let's soon. Let's go. We'll see you guys for episode 101. Until then, stay safe. Wash your hands, you filthy animals. Peace.